Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Good Tuesday morning. The nation's capital on high alert this morning. Ahead of a massive march for Israel. It is November 14th. This is today. Show of support. Tens of thousands in Washington this morning set to rally for the release of hostages and the end of anti-Semitic attacks on the rise since the start of the war. To be seen together, we're not intimidated, we're not scared. We're going to come to the most visible place in the United States of America, the National Mall. The National Guard called in to help beef up security. We are live in Washington and in Israel with the very latest. Trouble for Trump? Newly revealed videos from the election interference case in Georgia. Members of the former president's inner circle detailing his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 results. He said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. Just ahead, the impact on the closely watched case and Trump's reaction. Code of conduct. The Supreme Court adopts its first ever set of rules aimed at addressing months of ethics concerns and investigations. But did the nine justices go far enough to rein in their own behavior? Emotional vigil. 365 days since my life changed forever. The University of Idaho pauses to remember the tragic loss of four students one year ago. Kaylee, Maddie, Zana, and Ethan still live on in stories and memories shared, and they will always be guiding those who love them. Inside the touching new tributes. All that plus high seas, the growing controversy over passengers bringing pot on popular cruise ships heading into the busy holiday travel season. What you need to know before setting sail. Today, Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good Tuesday morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. We're glad you're with us. We begin with the war in the Middle East and a new focus on the conflict here in the U.S. Tens of thousands of people expected to attend a huge pro-Israel rally on the National Mall today. They are set to call for the release of hostages still held by Hamas, and they'll speak out against the rise in anti-Semitic attacks. The march has been upgraded to a level one security event with the National Guard assisting Washington police. This all comes as President Biden is weighing in on the fighting around Gaza's biggest hospital. Israel saying it's a hideout for Hamas, but the intense attacks are putting patients including dozens of premature babies at extreme risk. President Biden now saying hospitals in Gaza, quote, must be protected. We have complete coverage. We're going to start with that massive rally in D.C. with NBC's Gabe Gutierrez. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Hey there, Hoda. Good morning. As you mentioned, law enforcement here is on high alert. Many streets around the National Mall are already shut down as tens of thousands of people are expected to march here later today. Now, we've been seeing more and more of these rallies both here and around the world as tensions continue to rise more than a month into this war. 
As the fighting rages in Gaza this morning around the National Mall, security preparations are underway for what's expected to be the largest pro-Israel rally in the U.S. since the war began. MPD has asked for mutual assistance and support from the National Guard. The Department of Homeland Security now labeling the March for Israel a level one security event, one of the agency's highest designations. Tens of thousands of demonstrators are expected here. And we're going to be part of this historic moment. Overnight, some were bussed in from across the country, including this group from Boston. They're demanding Hamas release its hostages and an end to anti-Semitic attacks. How significant is this moment for Jewish Americans? To be seen together, that we're not intimidated, we're not scared. We're going to come to the most visible place in the United States of America, the National Mall, between the Capitol and the White House, uh, and we're going to stand together. Earlier this month, a pro-Palestinian demonstration in Washington ended up at the White House gates. In Chicago Monday, a Jewish group in solidarity with Palestinians renewing calls for a ceasefire. More than 100 demonstrators arrested. More than ever, it feels absolutely imperative to say as Jews, as Americans, not in our name. Among the planned speakers at the March for Israel in D.C., Alana Zaitchik. Six of her relatives are hostages in Gaza, including a five-year-old and three-year-old twins. It follows my every breath. It's there constantly, all the time. There, It's indescribable, like the uncertainty, the not knowing. That is so, so painful. This march is expected to get on the way this afternoon. And meanwhile, the Biden administration is rolling out new tools later today to address the rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on college campuses. Hoda. All right. Gabe Gutierrez for us there in D.C. Gabe, thank you. As for the war itself, fighting has intensified around the largest hospital in Gaza overnight. Israel saying Hamas has used the facility as cover for one of its underground command posts. President Biden has weighed in now and urged Israel to take less intrusive action to protect civilian lives. NBC's chief international correspondent Kier Simmons is in Tel Aviv for us with more. Kier, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. And much of the focus this morning is on that hospital in the Gaza Strip, the largest in the Gaza Strip, Al Shifa. Now, three senior doctors who work there have told NBC News they have not seen Hamas in that hospital. But a former Israeli intelligence officer tells NBC News, quote, no doubt there's a Hamas headquarters under Al Shifa. Israel has proof. I saw it in the past. Overnight, Israel's airstrikes, unrelenting. This was Jabalia refugee camp in the north. And our team in Gaza documenting more children pulled from the rubble in the south. Continued shelling and gunfire, making evacuating many hospitals impossible, officials say. In Al-Shifa hospital, surrounded by fighting, 36 premature babies are still fighting for life, doctors tell us. Israel releasing pictures of incubators, saying it would send them, but without any details, and there's no news this morning. The president urging the Israelis... The hospital must be protected. But from a children's hospital now in Israeli control, Israel's military releasing this roughly edited video with claims unverifiable by NBC News that this is a Hamas hideout and a place where hostages were hidden. This is Hamas using hospitals as human shield, as terror machines. 
A three-year-old American-Israeli hostage now named as Abigail Moridan. Her parents murdered by Hamas, along with 1,200 others. And it's almost four weeks since Hamas posted this video of 21-year-old hostage Mia Shem, her mum fighting every day for her release. The only thing I know is what I saw in this video. And in few days, it will be a month. In the video, Mia says she had three hours of surgery in Gaza in a hospital. Wherever she is now, her mum just wants her home. There are talks happening that may lead to a, some kind of a deal. What do, you, do you have a sense of what you would want, what you want to see? I just want to see Mia at home. I don't care how um, I'm only a mother who got up to this crazy situation, to this terrible, terrible situation. And all I want is to get her back. And Savannah, this morning we got news of the death of a hostage, 19-year-old Israeli soldier Noah Marciano. The Israelis say uh, that they have told the family of her death. Hamas announced her death yesterday and released a propaganda video of her that they had recorded before she died. I've got to say, Savannah, just talking to the families, their strength is extraordinary. And being tested sorely, Kira, thank you very much. We should mention Lester Holt is going to sit down with the families of American hostages in Gaza. And you can watch that exclusive interview tonight on NBC Nightly News. Let's turn now to an historic move by the Supreme Court. The nine justices adopting a formal code of conduct for the first time in the court's history. It follows months of intense criticism over alleged ethics lapses involving multiple justices. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett's here with details. Hey, Laura, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Of all the things on the Supreme Court's to-do list, the pressure for ethics reform seems to have finally struck a nerve. The justices say this new code should clear up the public's misunderstanding of how they govern themselves. It's also raising plenty of more questions. This morning, new ethics rules for the nation's highest court. A formal code of conduct now in place after a steady drip of stories on some of the justices' undisclosed trips, private jet rides, and other perks. This 14-page document signed by all nine justices now laying out how they should avoid the appearance of impropriety, when to recuse from a case, and reaffirming the existing rules around gifts, a move some members of the court had previewed was on the way. What we could do was just adapt the code of conduct that the other court systems have. I think it would be a good thing for the court to do that. Public pressure to do something has been mounting in recent months after reporting about Justice Clarence Thomas in particular and years worth of unreported luxury vacations paid for by a top conservative mega donor. something Thomas said he believed he didn't need to report at the time, but has more recently updated his disclosure forms. I think it's clear that every member of the court has run into problems in the last few years. This is not just a problem that that is besetting conservatives. This new ethics code, experts point out, still leaving much up to the justice's own discretion and doesn't answer what happens if someone breaks the rules. It remains to be seen whether they're going to take this seriously or whether they're just doing this to get everybody off their backs. But I think this is a really good first step. But not enough, says a top Senate Democrat on Capitol Hill, still pushing for legislative reforms. It may fall short of the ethical standards which other federal judges are held to, and that's unacceptable. And if it falls short, the American people will ultimately have the last word, 
and the integrity of the court is at issue. Well, as the justices surely know, the question is, is how do you enforce something like this? So here's the thing. There is no complaint department for the Supreme Court. They are the highest court. And the question is, what's the remedy? If one of them is accused in another story of breaking this ethics code, what then? Who's going to enforce it? That is completely left unsaid in this document. However, as you heard from Professor Gay there, he thinks this is a good first step. And the ethics experts say this is part of culture change. You actually have to write it down. That's the important part here, even if it's not going to be the be all end all. All right. Well, first step. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Also this morning, newly revealed video interviews with former attorneys for Donald Trump are revealing more about his alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election. NBC's Garrett Hake with the details now. Hi, Garrett. Good morning. Hey, Savannah. Good morning. These are proffer videos, and they're part of the defendant's plea agreements. They require true and accurate information be shared with prosecutors, and they also had to be provided to attorneys of the remaining co-defendants during this discovery process. Now, NBC News has not independently obtained these videos yet, but what's been revealed so far shines a light on what prosecutors may be dealing with in this case. This morning, new revelations in the 2020 election interference case. His instinct was he had won. Pardon my French, but I've been through this whole thing. Through a series of taped interviews between prosecutors and defendants who've accepted plea deals, first reported by ABC News and published by The Washington Post. He said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. In her session with Georgia prosecutors, Jenna Ellis, a former Trump legal advisor who pleaded guilty last month for her efforts to overturn the election, detailing to prosecutors an alleged conversation with top Trump aide Dan Scavino at a White House Christmas party. He said the boss... Um, uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. NBC News has reached out to an attorney for Scavino, but has not heard back. Meanwhile, in an interview that lasted nearly three hours, ex-Trump lawyer Sidney Powell positioning herself to prosecutors as one who frequently communicated with the former president. On the 18th, the only real justification that he's giving you to why he's not bowing out is that his instincts tell him that he won. That and the evidence that I'd showed him. Powell testifying Trump had been repeatedly told he had lost the election, but relied on his instincts and allegedly leaned on her for advice, according to Powell, though she acknowledged she never practiced election law. He never told you, like, this is crazy, stop giving me the, this information. No. In a statement, Trump's lead Georgia attorney slamming, quote, any purported private conversation as meaningless, writing in part, if this is the nonsense line of inquiry being pursued and this is the type of bogus, ridiculous evidence D.A. Willis intends to rely upon, it is one more reason that this political travesty of a case must be dismissed. Now, during his interview with prosecutors, co-defendant Kenneth Chesbro also testified that Trump was aware of the so-called fake elector scheme. According to The Washington Post, during an unreported White House meeting, he offered advice on assembling alternate slates of electors in key battleground states to cast ballots for Trump in states Joe Biden won during the 2020 election. NBC News has reached out to attorneys for Chesbro, Ellis, Powell and Scott Hall, have not heard back. Now, former President Trump and the other 14 remaining co-defendants in this case have pled not guilty. Savannah. All right. Garrett Hake on the Hill. Thank you, Garrett. 715. Craig joins the table. Hey, Craig, good morning. Hello to Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. We are getting the newest read on inflation this morning, and it could determine whether Americans will face even more interest rate hikes. NBC's Tom Costello is covering this one for us. Tom, what do we know? 
Yeah, Craig, good morning. The Consumer Price Index just in shows inflation slowed a bit in October thanks to lower fuel prices. Unleaded gas right now down more than 40 cents from a year ago. However, core inflation, which takes out food and energy, is showing that we are still paying more for many items than we did a year ago. Keep in mind, the Fed wants to see inflation come down to an annual rate of 2%. This morning, we learned that overall October inflation is running or was running at 3.2%, a tad lower than expected, half a point lower than September, but that core inflation number came in at 4%. That's also a tad lower than expected. And we did see that used car prices dropped in October. So did rent prices. You know, the Fed has been aggressively hiking interest rates to get inflation under control. And that's why we're paying more for credit cards, for car loans and mortgages. The Fed did not raise rates this month. So these stats may encourage the Fed to keep rates on hold next month. However, the Fed chair has warned that they will continue hiking rates if inflation doesn't come down. Now, we're also getting some insight into holiday shopping season, which is so critical to retailers. A new CNBC National Retail Retail Federation survey of credit card spending shows consumers are already spending less. And there's evidence that businesses are hiring fewer holiday workers this year to the lowest level in a decade. Big retailers say they simply don't need as much help this season. Things are slowing. Craig? All right. Tom Costello for us there in D.C. Tom, thank you. Hi, Al. Hello. What's up? Well, not much. Hello, and good morning to you all. We're looking at some wet weather for our friends down along the Gulf Coast, but guess what? They really do need this rain. We are going to be looking at beneficial rain. We've also got flood watches along the east coast of Florida today as this low-pressure system slowly makes its way through the Gulf, but It is beneficial rain from Louisiana all the way to Florida. It's a slow mover. The heavy rain will continue across the southeast all the way up into parts of Georgia. Flooding from West Palm Beach to Miami possible today into tomorrow. Some places could pick up to six to eight inches of rain before it's all over by the time we get on into Thursday. Rest of the country warm for November in the plains. Some coastal rain out west. Look for some snow showers in northern New England. Sunshine from the mid-Atlantic all the way to the southwest. And and that is your latest weather. Guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Uh, still ahead, an emotional scene on the University of Idaho campus overnight. One year after the crime that rocked that community. Stephanie Gosk is here. She's got that story. Hey, Steph. Hey, Hoda. You know, that crime forever changed that family, but it also forever changed that university. And students got together last night to share stories about their friends. We'll share them with you coming up. All right, Stephanie. Thank you. And then the cruise ship industry gearing up for a very busy holiday season and focusing on some passenger behavior, why they're having to clarify the rules when it comes to marijuana, okay? But first, this is today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, we're back, 7.30, gearing up for two annual traditions. There's Dylan. She Aww. always rings in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. She will give us an exclusive first look at the brand new floats we're going to see this year. Yeah, um, it's fun to see them in the studio with Dylan, getting ready for next week's big event. We're going to check in with her in just a little bit, see how things are going. Thanksgiving is yeah. just nine days yeah, away. I know. Yeah, It's crazy. Uh, we are going to start this half hour, though, with a touching tribute overnight at the University of Idaho. That campus coming together to remember and honor four promising young students who were murdered one year ago. ABC Stephanie Gosk is here with more on the remembrance. Steph, good morning to you. Morning. Hey, good morning, Craig. It was an emotional night in Moscow, Idaho. As many who knew and loved those four students gathered to tell stories about their friends and comfort each other after a painful year. 365 days since my life changed forever. All of our lives changed forever. The University of Idaho campus, shattered one year ago by the murders of four students, coming together overnight to share their memories. Maddie was a bright person. She had a bright smile. She had a bright future. Kaylee Gonzalez had a contagious laugh. Kaylee was beautiful inside and out. Xana was one of those people that you could not possibly be sad around. She was entirely herself all the time. Ethan was family. The life of the party. Always optimistic. A moment of silence held for each of the victims, Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernodal, Maddie Mogan, and Kaylee Gonzalez, who were found stabbed to death in their off-campus home on November 13th of last year. Kaylee's father says the tributes provide some comfort on a day that will always be painful. It helps us know that our girl wasn't just, you know, something that people can just forget about. Ethan Chapin's family hosted a gala for the Ethan Smile Foundation. He just had this magnanimous personality. He could walk in the room and it just elevated any, you know, any situation. While on campus, the university's dean of students says the tragedy has reinforced the importance of the school's values. Just looking out for one another, caring for one another. And those, those, those have been lasting uh, legacies from, from how we all came together from last fall. Roughly six weeks after the killings, authorities arrested Brian Koberger at his parents' Pennsylvania home. He's now awaiting trial on four counts of first-degree murder. The judge entered a not guilty plea on his behalf. For some, the one-year mark brings back memories of those frightening days and weeks when little was known and speculation was running wild. Moscow, I think no one really locked their door ever, and we're locking our door now just because we don't feel safe. But this morning, the focus is on remembering the victims and the joy they brought to so many on campus and at home. Kaylee, Maddie, Zana, and Ethan still live on in stories and memories shared, 
and they will always be guiding those who love them. Steph, there was uh, a lot of talk about that home where those murders yeah. took place, and there was talk that they were going to demolish it. I know there was some back and forth. What's going to happen? Yeah, there? you know, understandably, there are a lot yeah. of people want, who want to tear it down. Others think that maybe it will be useful over the course of the trial for the jury to go and see it, but uh, the prosecution and the defense didn't argue for that, so it still remains unclear what's going to happen to it. Okay. All right, Stephanie, so, thank you. Thank you. Still ahead this morning, we've got new details on an alarming incident, a Secret Service agent protecting the president's granddaughter opening fire during a car break-in. We're going to have the latest on that. First, though, Sam Brock is looking into, uh, looking into an issue that's got popular cruise lines putting passengers on notice before they sail over the busy holiday season. Hey, Sam. Craig, guys, good morning. The demand right now for cruises is as sky high as it has ever been, but it's for that reason that many companies want passengers to know what you can and cannot do in a private industry on international waters. And that also means no pot, but it's not just pot. This might surprise you. We'll tell you what's off limits coming up right after this. Back now, 738 with In-Depth Today. We're heading into the busy holiday vacation season, and one popular option for a lot of families is, of course, a cruise. Yeah, the industry has experienced a massive post-pandemic resurgence, but now some of the biggest cruise lines are having to remind passengers about some of the important do's and don'ts of sailing. NBC's Sam Brock is at Port Miami to explain. Sam, I had no idea that this was such a big problem. Apparently, it is a thing, an emphasis, guys, on the don'ts of the do's and don'ts. And look, the cruise industry right now is going gangbusters. It has reached levels we have not seen, even exceeding what we saw in 2019. And as a result, many of the companies right now just want passengers to be a little bit more familiar who are potentially rusty on the rules of those don'ts. That includes bringing pot to the party, even if it is legal in your state. With the holiday season coming full speed ahead, passengers are ready to soak up the sunshine and enjoy all the amenities a cruise has to offer. But that still requires plenty of good behavior, including honoring a contract passenger sign not to use pot. For a lot of people, they skim, they sign, they don't think twice about it, but everything is spelled out there. As more and more states legalize medicinal and recreational marijuana, cruise ship companies are reaffirming their rules. According to Royal Caribbean's policy, marijuana, even in its medicinal form or for medicinal purposes, shall be prohibited. The same goes for Carnival, which recommends passengers consult with their physician for other suitable alternatives to marijuana and CBD. Some passengers, and potential passengers, questioning the status quo. I can smoke wherever I want, but I come down here, I can't smoke. You have an edible format, you have a vape format, and you have a flower. So it's really, it's getting into the semantics of the law. Cruise companies say they have zero tolerance with fines and even jail time possible. I live in California or I live in Florida where there's, you know, medicinal marijuana is allowed. Why can I not use it on the cruise lines? What's the answer to that? Well, cruise lines are privately owned, but the bigger issue is that these cruise ships actually sail into international waters, and the cruise lines don't control the rules of the international waters. Many Caribbean countries, for example, ban pot. Company enforcement tactics include scanning all bags passengers bring on board, going through security again after each stop, and even hiring staff to look for illegal substances. For one of the hardest-hit travel sectors at the height of the pandemic, AAA notes the industry has seen a remarkable comeback in recent years, with Thanksgiving trips already mostly sold out. 
As families pack ships, this mom of four says it's important to follow the guidelines, even though she's seen plenty of rule breakers. We just came off of the cruise. Um, there was a lot of weed smoking, but none around kids. There were a lot of kids around, but I do think people should follow rules. So we did reach out to several cruise lines. Carnival responded. They directed us back to their policy and noted that even medicinal marijuana, guys, is not legal in many of the ports that they travel to. Asking for a friend, does that include edibles? It does. It includes that. Any, any form, as that woman said, of marijuana is banned on ships, correct? I think it's an important question. Uh, any, anything else? That's Honestly, banned? America wants to know. Uh, yes. Anything else that's banned, Sam, besides all the pot? I thought you might ask that. So how about this? Camouflage clothing is banned in many Caribbean countries. The reason being, it represents the military. So if you wear something like that, and this actually happened recently, a gentleman was detained and then taken back to his ship as a result. You cannot bring your own alcohol on board and leave fire hazards at home. That includes things like irons and cords that have surge protectors, anything that can cause a fire. So some of these things are obvious. Some of them are less obvious. But it appears that if it's green, it is likely not allowed. Sam, thank you. Thank Sam, you, Sam. Sam. All right, Mr. Roker. Mm-hmm. So Craig can't bring his gummies or his fireworks. <laughs> oh, I was just I was asking. I think legitimate question. Legitimate question. He's investigating. Yes. How about a forecast? All right, so we've got some really warm weather depending on where you are on either side of this high pressure. If you're on the left side of the high, you're that return flow. And look at this, from the Rockies to the Great Lakes, 10 to 25 degrees above average. But if you're on the northern side of this, you're getting the cooler air coming out of Canada, upwards of 5 degrees below average. Minneapolis today, 65 degrees. That's 23 degrees above average. Denver, near 70. Chicago, 64. That's 16 degrees warmer than usual as well. We move into tomorrow. Buffalo, you're going to be 57. A little bit of a consolation for what happened last night. Cincinnati 67. Des Moines near 70. Scottsbluff 18 degrees above average getting near 70. And look at these temperatures. They start off nice but then cool down as we get into the weekend. New York, we're going to be 55 by Saturday. 49 in Pittsburgh. 59 in Nashville. Chicago, you're going to be in the low 50s. And that's your latest weather. Savannah? All right, Al. Thank thank you. you. Coming up, Carson's told us about a possible reboot of The Office. Well, this morning he's got new details on what that show could look like. We'll get to that in Popstart. But first, when people's sexiest man alive walks into the yeah. room, everything stops. Yeah. Oh, so let's oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you How so much. are you? I'm fantastic. Thank this you. This is yes, so exciting. You got a new movie. It is not a rom com, though. No, it it's is the not. Opposite. Have you had a chance a to see it? Yet? We're too scared to see We're it. Terrified. I haven't seen it either. So oh, I, no, no, no. Oh well, this is going to be an amazing interview yeah. about it. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I that with well, it was a good experience. Yeah. Time to make movie. All this coming up. Thank you. Well, that was uh, fun. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.